Rise and shine, rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars, Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Monday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorens on an early break. I don't know if it was a fun first hour, but uh, you can check out the podcast at theticketfm.com. A lot of discussion about Nebraska basketball. The woes continue, and they got worse against Northwestern on Saturday. Trailed is by as many as 35 points in the ballgame. They lose by 24 points. I think we can continue to talk about Nebraska men's basketball. I think we're obligated to talk about Nebraska men's basketball, but I think we have to do it in a constructive way, not just always bashing. I mean, we have to think about it. I won't bash in a me- if they win. Well, even if they lose, I mean, we can still be measured in our conversations and try to come up with things that could be could be better. Um, you just laughed. You just <laughs> laughed at your own comment. Well, I mean, they haven't beat a power conference team. I mean, to reiterate, the level of futility is startling. Okay, they're the lone power conference team in America that hasn't beaten a power conference team. There's one other power conference team. There's no other power conference team that hasn't beaten. Yeah, there's that that Nebraska's alone. Georgetown is 0-4 in the Big East. They haven't won a Big East game, but they did beat Syracuse earlier, which makes Nebraska the only power conference team that hasn't beaten another power conference team. That's terrible. Five and 46 against Big Ten competition in Fred's tenure is, I it's un, I am amazed by it. It's amazing. And I don't like, what, I, what drives me up the wall is when people say, Sip, come on, Nebraska's never been good at basketball. Come on, yeah, first of all, they have. They were a three seed at one point, for instance. For instance, the 90s Mo- was a good run for yeah, Nebraska. Yeah, 90s was a lot of good players, including Eric Strickland, who has a show on these airwaves. Eric played on some fabulous teams, a team that won the NIT tournament, not made the NIT tournament, which is very much a pipe dream for Fred Hoiberg to make the NIT tournament. Nebraska once won the NIT tournament. Okay? That's right. N- Nebraska... Nebraska coach Mo Iba handed in his resignation after an NCAA tournament game. I mean, this has been a, this program has been close. I mean, but now it is so far away that it almost defies logic that it could be this far away. Losing to Northwestern on your home court by 24 and trailing by 35 it seems like fiction when you really step away from it. If I would have told you, Jake, okay, let's put it. Can we frame it up this way, Jake? Yeah, please do. Friday show. Hey, Jake, I don't feel good about this game. I think Northwestern will win by 24. You would have said you've lost your mind, you Simple. Yeah. yeah, Jake, I could see them. Okay, okay Jake, flashback to Friday. What if I would have been over here saying – Hey, Jake, it's going to get bad. I, I'll bet you Northwestern will be leading by 30 in the second half. 
You would have you would have thought I lost it. But that happened though. It happened. That's what I mean. I laugh at the notion, but it actually happened. They trailed by thirty-five points in the second half. If I would have come on the air and said, "Sip, what do you got? What do you got? Your prediction." Northwestern by twenty. <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought I was out of my mind, right? No, I mean I, I, li- I like I like Collins. Plus. He's got a nice team. Sip, they're t- they're 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 five hundred. They're three and eight. They're three and eight in take the Big Ten. No, I like them. I like them. <laughs> twenty plus. I'll, I'll take them by twenty plus. <laughs> I would laugh. To I you. bet they'll be winning by thirty-five in the second half. <laughs> It seems like a fictional nightmare playing out. Fred, yeah, I think our approach is good. Matt Abdomasi, I don't see anything wrong with our recruiting approach. They trailed right? Northwestern by 35. Nah, nothing wrong. We're good. We're good. That's all good here. We're good. Look at our recruiting. We're good. I like our approach. Mm. We are. We have not beaten a power conference. Oh, we're fine. <laughs> It's hard to do, guys. It's hard to win those games. All right. Enter the discussion that I uh, – here, here's yeah. my tweet I sent out. And right. I'm, I'm sure there'll be back, backlash now and let's, support. Let's just be measured on this, but go ahead. All right. I tweeted this out on Saturday. I said, you're going to hear me say Mark Turgeon so many times over the next few months on the air that oh, Sip boy. will hear it in his sleep. The answer for Nebraska ball is out there, and he is – Available. Mark Turgeon, as you know, Sip, was let go through eight games this season at Maryland. Yeah, well, you better drill down on that. He's first of 57 all, years old. He okay. was, yep, he was He was fired after a 5-3 and three start to the year. Yeah. What, they what's parted the, ways What's the deal? Well, I don't know what happened there, but I can tell you this. The run of Mark Turgeon at Maryland, the first three years were not great, but they were better than what at was At Maryland? Here. Yeah. He was in the ACC back then. This is 2011 through 2013. 17 and 15, first year. 25 and 13, second year, NIT 25, semifinal. 25 is a good number. Okay. Third year, 17 and 15. Mm-hmm. Now, in conference play, they were 6 and 10, 8 and 10, 9 and 9. Mm-hmm. You know, 500, basically. Well, we would kill for that. And so. then he gets to year four where they join the Big Ten Conference, which is seen as a better conference, right? Or at least on the same table, same level as ACC? Same. Same? Okay. Here's what he did. Uh, he's been he was he was at, uh, at Maryland for seven full seasons in Big Ten play, and then fired in his eighth year. Twenty eight and seven his first year, fourteen and four in conference. They made this the round of thirty two in the tournament. Okay, this is Turgeon. Okay, yeah. Next year, twenty seven and nine, twelve and six in conference play, Sweet Sixteen. Okay. The next year, twenty four and nine, twelve and six in conference play. Lost in the first round. Mm-hmm. Okay, missed the tournament. The next year they went nineteen and thirteen, and then the next three years, twenty three and eleven, thirteen and seven in conference play, round of thirty two. They won the conference in twenty nineteen before the tournament got canceled <coughs> because of COVID. They were twenty four and seven sip, and fourteen and six in conference play, and they did they couldn't play because the tournament got canceled. Okay, just two years ago. Okay, last year. 17 and 14, 9 11 in conference play and the round of 32. He, has a good he made the dance pretty much every year there. His dad lives in Lincoln. Father lives in Lincoln. He has he recruits well. We've seen a lot of great players go to Maryland. They've had some bigs go there. Remember 
uh, Bruno Fernando or Fernando. Bruno Fernando. It might be Fernando Bruno. I think it's Bruno Fernando. Whatever. Diamond um, Stone they had sure, there also. They've had some players. It's now Hello Trimble was a, a good guard there. The first thing, if I were you and I was going to keep pushing this at Mark Turgeon agenda, the first thing I would do if I were you is drill down a little harder on why Maryland paid him to go to go away after eight games this year. Why why? Don't you want to wouldn't you want to figure that out? Before you start pounding your fist for him, I know it's still he's available right now. I know, but once you want to know why he's available, they were all, it was a sluggish start for them this year. But is there, was, there other, was there some other uh, underlying issues? I do, I'm just asking. I think you just want to know that. You know, <laughs> are you going to do your investigation on the air? Just telling you. Maybe by tomorrow you can figure out why they parted ways with him. Well, there's an article that says why Turgeon decided to leave <laughs> Maryland basketball. Well, while you're, while right you're reading that. From the it, Washington it, Post. Yeah, while you're reading that, I will get into something yeah, please else. please tell me your counter to Mark <clears throat> well, Turgeon. Well, I mean, the other counter, it's not really a counter. It's just, I don't, know that you're gonna, I don't know that this job's going to be open, the Nebraska job, Jake. I mean, my guess right now is it won't be open. Okay, it's a guess. It's a big but statement. There's a one. There's an eighteen. Not really. There's an eighteen point five million dollar buyout. It's big because he's five and forty six in conference play, and you're trying to get fans to actually believe in the product, and it's going and it's going to be worth investing money the, for tickets. I hear from people, a surprising amount of people, and you can look on my Twitter; it'll verify it. That feel that you can't move on right now. That, I mean, the buyout's one thing, but there's still some people that say, hey, you got to give him some more time. All right? The problem that I see with giving him more time is there's really nothing to suggest that it's going to get better. Just this kind of, it's sort of this sort of wing and a prayer mindset. Well, we're going to rework the roster and it'll get better. I don't know. The, the reason why Maryland and Mark Turgeon parted away is because he wasn't doing enough for them. And I just laid, I laid out what he did there, made more tournaments than not at Maryland. Maryland has high expectations. They, I understand that. They still live in the kind we of – We don't. The, I know. The Gary Williams went to a Final Four right. era. Yes. Um, Lefty Drizel, um, big-time if, coach If there. you make the dance at Nebraska, you're doing something right. We don't ask for much. People say, oh, what did he do at Maryland? What do you do at Maryland? We you take that result in a in a heartbeat here. He made the Sweet Sixteen. He made the dance again more often than not. Finished second in the conference several times and first. The man can coach. As Turgeon entered his eleventh season this past year at Maryland, his his athletic department didn't offer resounding affirmation that he would continue leading this team into the future. He did sign a contract extension in the spring. Okay. And the new deal included terms that wouldn't strain the school as much financially if it wanted to move on from Turgeon. Okay. Multiple people with ties to the program said Turgeon stepping down from his job was indeed his decision, especially the timing, rather than a product of the university pressuring him to do so. Okay, mid-season. interesting. He never felt as if he had a long-term future with the school. Well, or was supported by administration. So this goes against what I said in the first segment about Fred that you seldom see coaches walk away. He walked away. He walked away. Mm-hmm. He did. He did walk away. Most coaches don't. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't. I, I will tell you this though. I mean, I I don't disagree with you on the notion of of Mark Turgeon taking over the program. It, it there's. I'm not. I'm also not saying that 
I'm convinced he would be the best choice. It feels to me like you've picked out someone who's an obvious choice, an easy get perhaps, and not maybe the best get. Okay, you've just picked out someone who's convenient. Dad, dad lives in Lincoln. Family ties He's coached here. Coached in the Big Ten for several years and had success in the conference. Right, and recently, like as last year. But I, I mean, I would just wonder if this is just born of sort of. I don't want to say laziness, but just ease. It's not laziness. Just ease. The man coached in the Big Ten. He was successful in the Big Ten Conference. He <laughs> recruits very well. I know Maryland is is a different place than Nebraska, but the man can recruit. He's gotten some great talent to Maryland. Like, I don't know what the pushback could be. He's 57. I'm not he's making not a old. lot of... He's not old. 57's got plenty of years yeah, left. Yeah, he does. Ten. And he's, 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 you know... He doesn't look old. He keeps himself up, all that. He's got family here. Yeah, he's. I know he does. He's a good – I read the article you sent me from 2016. Just so uh, you know. Relevance was, was not – I sent it to you. Exceptionally high. It was a 2016 article you sent me. Just let you know more about Turgeon, though. <laughs> yes. People are watching him. His family. Know, watch, came to watch him in Lincoln. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has, he has a lot of ties around here. And I remember – Mark Turgeon very well watching him at Kansas. Um, he's my age. I mean, he's a little, two years older, but I remember him distinctly watching him play point guard for the Jayhawks. I he did well at Wichita State. Uh, did well at Texas A and M. He's got a lot of yeah. He's got a lot of head coaching experience. You you you. Hey, it would be a. I think it would be a good hire. It'd be. A I great just hire. wonder if it'd be the best hire. That's all I'm saying. This is a guy that's not coming from the NBA or took years off of college basketball. He coached this year in your conference. Two years removed from being a conference champion in a year that there was no tournament because he got canceled because of COVID. Okay, again. Like, it's not like a guy that, that, won the, you know, that made a dance one time in eight years. He made it more often than not. I want to reiterate for our listeners that may be just tuning in as they drive to work. Okay. The Nebraska job, Jake, is still, not open. Still take it. <laughs> And there's still eighteen million dollars. Why it might be might still not be. Yeah, open. there's an eighteen point five million dollar buyout that could preclude the firing of Fred Hoiberg. Okay, I don't. Ex- I expect right now, just based on the information that I have, that Fred Hoiberg will be back next year. Okay, there, that's that's what I right now. Now that obviously is a fluid conversation. It's fluid. Okay. It, what do you do if you're Trev Alberts? I mean, I'm asking you, what do you do if you're Trev Alberts, Jake? I mean, there's a, there's things you can do. You just don't sit back. I mean, if I were Trev Alberts right now, I know one thing I'd be doing. I would, well, first of all, you got to continue to evaluate. Eight regu- Jake, eight regular season games remain, okay, before the Big Ten tournament. They might shuffle up that schedule, by the way, I've heard. Because you got to get Ohio State yeah, back they do in there. Get it, yep. um, On the road. Yeah. Eight regular season games remain, so you're continuing to evaluate. But I would also ask Fred for a detailed plan on how he how, – a detailed written plan on how he intends to turn around the program in year four. I want – assuming Fred wants to give it a try, I, w- I want it in writing. I want f- – f- Hoiberg has said he remains confident in his system and approach. I want to know why. And I want to know what changes you're going to make. 
Because there's no way that Fred Hoiberg can go to his boss right now and say, I'm coming back and we're doing the exact same things. How could you sell that at all? It's not working, Fred, would say Trev. Right. You need changes. Now, you don't see it all the time in basketball where an AD will go to a coach and suggest changes on the staff or hint that, you know, maybe that would be a good idea to consider (laughs) changes on your staff. The forceful wink. Yeah, yeah. But in this case, doesn't it make sense for Fred Hoiberg to consider changes on his staff? Uh, yeah. If he's going to stay, I just don't think you can just stand Pat, right? How do you stand Pat right now? If Even from an optic standpoint, are you going to tell your fan base, we're keeping it all the same? We're changing why, nothing. Why would they want to go support that? We're changing year, nothing. We're changing nothing. I'd say, do you care about the product? That, do you care about winning? Do you care about your fans? All that would do to me is, is enhance the notion that what I'm covering at this point feels like fiction. Oh, okay. You're going kind to, of, okay. So you're telling me that you, you're standing pat at, with this record, you're, you're hitting 244 as your winning percentage. Fine at baseball, no horrible as a coach. No changes. I mean, he is 20 and 62 at Nebraska. That's 244. That's a 244 winning percentage, 0.244. Okay. Again, hasn't beaten a power conference program. All right. Your, your, your recruiting operation you feel good about? You're, you're looking at four starters and no fewer than two two key rotational players set to depart. Okay? You're 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 whipping around the roster again. Mm-hmm. You got to turn it over again. What has the current recruiting strategy done to produce trust that it's working at all right now? Nothing. What what where's the is it is it that hard to find a point guard? A true Big 10 point guard. A bona fide Big Ten point guards at that You're difficult. Seeing somebody from your state doing well at point guard in his freshman year at Wisconsin, in Chucky Hepburn. And we have to remember what Trev Alberts has said. He's he's rant, he's asking his coaches right now. Everything you do, ask yourself this question: Is it elite? He's he's he is. Trev Alberts has remarked that he didn't feel like. The emphasis on on winning, on on being competitive, was emphasized enough in the athletic department before he got there. He's emphasizing it now. Competitive excellence is what he says. Competitive excellence is what he's looking for, and he doesn't feel like it was emphasized enough. Now, there's an issue that Trev has here when he's saying that, you know, when he when he's saying that on the record, when he's saying competitive excellence, I don't feel it was emphasized enough in the prior regime, we'll call it. Well, I mean, you're in a fix then right now because your coach, your men's basketball coach and your second most premier sport is struggling at levels that almost seem fictional. And then, on the other hand, you're saying we're looking for competitive excellence. And you have this $18.5 million buyout. I don't know. You can't, you can't justify to your bosses, as Trev Alberts, 
that, paying that. You can't justify it. You can't, Jake. They still are raising funds for that mega training complex being under construction. It's still under construction, pretty early in the construction, right by Memorial Stadium. If you go and look at that track and field situation at on Innovation Campus, they're still raising money for that. Moose was talking about a golf course at some, at one point. I don't think any, they're going to be any, they're going to be constructing a golf course around Where's that here. To go, <laughs> right? I mean, I want access to that thing. Yeah, but anyway, do you see? Did you hear what I'm saying? It's just sad that it because of this buyout, we're all just locked in here. Like, well, I, I think a lot of people are ready to move on. I am ready to move on. I think you are ready. We're to in move a fix. On, we're and in you a fix. Can't because of a stupid buyout that's ridiculously high. Well, okay, now let's stop there. Okay, so Bill Moose extended Fred Fred's contract in a in a very secret manner. After the two, it was the summer of two twenty. Is that right? Thank you, right? Yeah. yeah, and and then so that pushes his buyout to eighteen point five. Let's be, let's be, let's think about something here. It would be an unwieldy buyout had Bill not extended his contract. It would still be fifteen million. Okay, all right. I mean, eighteen point five is bad, bad, but fifteen million is bad enough. And let's face it, eleven point five million would be bad. I mean, he still has a massive buyout at 11.5. I mean, nine's still a big buyout, too. Yeah. What, what's a small buyout? Yeah. Well, well, 3.6, like Tom Crean's going to get it at Georgia. Okay. By the way, Tom Crean will be available. Yeah, he's having horrible success there. He's about the same, as, yeah. the same as Fred. Six and 17, I think, it's is what I saw. It's not been good for him. No. But Crean's buyout's in that, that, like that 3.5 million range, which would be – now, that's doable, right? If Fred had three point five, you'd pay it. You'd pay it. Help chime in. Yeah, I mean, take out a loan, I suppose. (laughs) That, but yeah, think about that. Tom Crean, three point six. Fred Horberg, eighteen point five. Brian Harson at Auburn on the hot seat, eighteen point three million dollar buyout. Really, eighteen point three. Knows that I, (laughs) Fred. Whoops. Fred's got him though. Fred's got him. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, So it probably won't happen with my dream of Mark Turgeon, but Not immediately. you know you know where I stand, and uh, we'll probably have more Hoiberg next year, and you'll see where I'm at mentally for that. Mentally. To put us back in a good note before we end, go to break, though, it is our time to give away a care package from Beatrice Bakery, who's due every Monday on this show. You might have saw this in the news the last couple weeks, but there's a, there's a kid by the name of Malachi Coleman at Lincoln East. He's a junior. Yes. He's a four-star receiver in football. And he's doing NIL deals, but yes. not for him. Right. It's for the foster care system in the state. He was homeless for a few years with his mom and sister, then was found, then was left by his mom for foster care in Lincoln at nine years old with him and his sister. Now he's 16. Uh, he's a four-star receiver with seven college offers. Works with muchachos on a burrito with, with the proceeds all going to the foster care system. It's incredible. So, Amazing story. Incredible. Amazing kid. So for what he's doing uh, in Lincoln and also for foster care, we're going to give away today our Beatrice Bakery care package to Malachi Coleman at Lincoln East. Again, you can find your own packages at BeatriceBakery.com with liqueur cakes, coffee cakes, fruit cakes, and much more. But today, Malachi Coleman, our recipient of our care package. His story is amazing. I, I mean, I pondered it. Nicole, Nicole Griffith did that story for Channel 1011, mm-hmm. and I was taken by it. I mean, it was it's amazing what he's endured, and how positive he's remained through it. Um, if you ha- if you don't know the Malachi Coleman story, familiarize yourself with it, 
especially if you're feeling down about your lot in life. Right. Um, Amazing pretty story. Pretty uplifting, yes. Amazing story. Malachi Coleman, Lincoln East Jr. Uh, more next on Early Break in the Ticket.